I'm Julie Warner, and this is Vicki Abelson's The Road Taken. in Facebook, Zina TV land. Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson, and this is The Road Taken. And I want to I, I introduce you to my friend, Emmy Geisel, who's uh, sitting in with us today, uh, because um, my beloved Louise Palanker is dealing with some family stuff and couldn't be here, and it's the first show that Wheezy's not here for. And today is actually our 50th wow. show, The Road Taken. And, uh, and, you know, I, I realized, um, well, actually, I didn't realize, but somebody pointed out to me that I assume that people know what this show is, because it's not just celebrity interviews. There's really a, there was a purpose. I had a reason for doing this show. Right. And, and the reason is um, I wanted to talk to my heroes and figure out how they managed to manifest their dreams, how they live their dreams, how they manage to merge creativity and commerce, because it's something that I still struggle with. I mean, I do what I love. Emmy, are you doing what you love creatively? Yes. yes. Okay, but the big thing is money, right? Absolutely. Okay, so <laughs> money's a little bit in the deficit. Yes. So, Emmy, tell us a little bit about you. What, 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 what's your What's your art? I know it, but tell everybody out there. I'm a writer and an actor, and um, I make no money. <laughs> and, and well, you do other things to make money, but Emmy's also, a, you know, a wonderful actress, and she just got into an improv group. But but the Thank making you. the money thing is challenging. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm a writer. I have a book. I have a literary salon. I have a, a, this podcast, and the money part is really elusive. But so that's what we do on the road taken is we talk to people who have actually managed to do it, and we talk we talk through their career through when they started out as kids till till the present and kind of try to get from that what the takeaway is what we think like the key ingredient for them the secret of their success and interestingly somehow we will formulate that by the end of the show you and i will we'll figure it out <laughs> we'll, we'll figure, figure it out i'll put in my two weeks notice i won't have to make coffee anymore and there you go boom. But, but you know what i found is after 50 shows and i have 50 different tools different actors and and writers and musicians who have given you know i'm still not making the money but but i'm confident that my toolbox is getting heavier and heavier all the time and, and it's going to happen but so speaking of the 50th anniversary of, of this show, um, I went to this week to see um, some friends of mine do the Happy Together tour. So it was Howard Kale and my wonderful friend Howard, Flo and Eddie. Uh, Howard is Eddie of the Flo and Eddie and Mark Bowman. And uh, the councils were on the bill and Chuck Negron and the association and the box tops. And I brought with me a 35-year-old young man with me. Now, had I not brought him... I would have been the youngest person in the room. Oh, my <laughs> so God. That, and, and I'm older than dirt. You're 50. So, yeah. yeah. Um, no. But, um, <laughs> but, but it was crazy because it was just all these altacacas. But what, what's so fabulous about this is that there is no way to listen to that music and not be happy. 
and you know, happy to the song, happy together. You can't listen to ha- Joy to the World. You cannot listen to these songs. Windy. Totally. You can't. It, the castles, the rain, the park, and other things. Hair. You cannot listen to these songs and not be happy. Oh, totally. And so it's kind of what I've been thinking about a lot this week is how to have that happiness, how to feel that joy when I'm not. Right, and Emmy and I are good friends, and so we commiserate often when, I, and even though there's a big age disparage, betw- disparage, <laughs> there's a disparaging age. Di- what's the word? Disparity. D- Dispar. What? Disparity. Disparity. Thank you. That that Brant, our, our our wonderful producer, show show everybody. Say hi, Brant Thoman. Hi, Brant. Our wonderful, and, and there's Jake over here, our wonderful Thank co-producer. Jake. There they go. Love them. Um, disparity. There's a great dis- thank you. That is the word. There's a great disparity in our ages, and yet we commiserate and we 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 chat and we get each other out of the funk. But you know, the thing about the funk is what you were going to say something. Well, I ju- the thing about the funk is it feels like you're never going to get out of it, at least for me. Exactly. And so, you know, this is when you often say, do the dishes, Emmy, do the dishes, Emmy, because you always say, I can't, what do you say? I can't think, <laughs> think myself, myself at, I can't think myself into right thinking, yes. but I can act myself into right thinking. So if I'm in a funk and I take any action, it sort of breaks that that spell of that that hamster wheel in my head. Um, but there are a few other things that work to do it. And we, we, Emmy and I drove a, over here together. And what we did was we listened to Girls Just Want to Have Fun, number one, because that's a happy song. There is no way I can listen to Girls Just Want to Have Fun and not have fun. It just, I can listen to, um, what's the other one that I said? Um, uh, all I want to do is have, have some fun. fun. Yeah. I mean, that song, fun. And Emmy, what's your happy song? Um, I have many, but, but the one we listened to was uh, Don't You Worry About a Thing, Stevie Wonder. And and you can't worry about a thing. Thank you. You cannot worry about a thing when, when that song is on. So anyway, so tonight our guest is someone that I cannot be anything but thrilled and happy when she when I think of her. Julie Warner is a friend of mine. I met her at one of Phil Rosenthal's movie nights. She's, uh, I, I was, I was, Starstruck, I'm a big fan of hers. She uh, starred in Doc Hollywood with Michael J. Fox. She also starred in Mr. Saturday Night with Billy Crystal. And what's crazy about that, and we'll talk about, is that I actually did the original sketch with Billy Crystal when he played Buddy Young Jr. for the first time on Saturday Night Live 10 years before she made the movie with him. And uh, so I have pictures on Facebook of both of us with Billy, um, which is crazy. But Julie went on to do um, a ton of film and TV. She also was in Tommy Boy. She did uh, Family Law. She was on, uh, she started out in The Guiding Light. She was on 21 Jump Street with, with Johnny Depp. Oh my God. <laughs> she was uh, a, a regular on Nip Tuck on Family Law. I said that um, she's she, her work is Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... Oh, she was on the TV show Crash, Grey's Anatomy, Dexter. Did I say Nip Tuck? Yes, yes. major role on Nip Tuck. And she's got two roles currently, uh, two movies that are in uh, post-production right now that are going to be coming out. Julie is living the dream. My Julie's living my our dream. dream. She's living, she's our, living dream. our dream. She's living our dream. I want a piece of it. So we're going to talk to Julie about how how that journey happened for her. Uh, what it's like for her today, and uh, we're going to get those tools. We're going to we're going to siphon those precious tools. And if you out there listening, come up with a tool, come up with a with a takeaway that's different than ours. Please write it. You know, please let me know. So let's post it. Let's talk about it on Facebook and stuff because uh, this is the secret to success. I think sharing uh, 
being connected and sharing what we learn, that's like my favorite thing in life is to get a new tool and then share it. That's because I go to meetings like the other thing because I'm one of them, an addict person. So I go to these meetings and there we share our tools and it's the best thing because even something that I know, like I know to put on happy music and I'm going to feel better, but I forget. When I need it, when I'm down, all I can think about is that I'm down. I'm never going to feel better again. I can't remember ever feeling better before, but, but we're going to feel great in about uh, a minute. So stick around for uh, Julie Warner on The Road Taken. Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? Hello. <laughs> I wrote a book called Don't Jump, Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll, and My Fucking Mother. Not my mother, Andy Stone's mother. Andy Stone is my heroine. And she was addicted to everything pretty much except heroin. Oh my God. Oh yes. She just totally captures the excitement of, of rock stars. And famous athletes and famous comedians. Sort of an insider's view from the outside. The warmth and wit of Vicky's writing knocked me out. In, in a good way. Not, not like Cosby. Too soon? Don't jump. Sex, drugs, rock and roll and my fucking mother. Damn, that was gonna be the name of my book. Vicky wrote a book? Vicki Abelson's long-awaited new book, Don't Jump, is finally here. Don't miss it. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? Jason Stewart here for Zinna TV on the show Absolutely Jason Stewart every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Big guests, everyone from the gayest to gay to the straightest to straight. David, uh, oh, what was his name? He's absolutely Jason, he's absolutely gay, he'll absolutely brighten up. Hi. I like to sing, dance, pretend, and I like to have fun, 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 With Julie Warner 
Yay! Hi. We clap for our guests. Yay! Hey. Hi, Julie. Oh my God, you make me look at myself in a monitor. Okay, <laughs> see that's your camera in the middle. That one's yours. No. Okay. <laughs> make me sit next to the rock and roll chick. Yeah, okay. you're gorgeous. Shut up. Oh, whatever. Hey, I, I don't want to talk about back how, up yeah. to uh, Cleveland. If you and, to. And, and meanwhile, <laughs> I have one of my friends said that he bumped into you literally twice in like two different stores, and I have to get an autograph saying it was fun bumping into you. Love, Julie Warner. So I have to remember to do that later but anyway that sounds I impossible i don't know what, what can i i don't know i, I I'll, I'll have to look at the post okay so so oh, i didn't like phil julian on anything this? as to you need to adjust the microphone so it's kind of towards the oh, okay because okay. this right. is a very slick we're live sorry to the hey, mic there. We're okay live. we're live sorry i'm <laughs> now closer to the, how close do you want me that's what he said yes yes okay <laughs> so there we go we get the thumbs up so julie okay so what this is about what this show is the road yes, taken right show? because you're living emmy and i were just discussing before you got out here you're living our dream yeah you got no. to do yeah no. You, yeah, because you get to do the thing that we both do, but you get to get paid for it, which no, no, we, don't, we, so we really you don't mean do that. Acting, yeah, that, and yeah, yeah, but but you somehow always have plenty of everything. Can 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 you guys hear? You have plenty of everything. You have plenty of everything. And, uh, you know, so I mean, you must be doing a job. Well, no. <laughs> my job is raising my children as you. We share that. We share. Yes, motherhood. I have a twenty-year-old, but he's in you know second year in college. I am. Doing a lot of extra raising this particular summer for personal reasons of his own. And uh, so we're, you know, um, focused on that. And it's the one year of my dad's death I'm anniversary. So yeah. So there's like real life stuff mm -hmm. that when you're younger, you don't, I don't want to say that we don't care about it as much. It doesn't affect us as much. I don't, I think there's like some, for me, I'll mm -hmm. speak of my life mm -hmm. story. Because like the worst, most horrible thing happened to me when I when the best when I got to Hollywood, the best possible thing that could have happened to me, and yet tragically, my uncle who was fifty five died of lymphoma, and my grandmother died during like in the first, for, well he died in the first three days of production. Oh, we knew that. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We knew that was gonna that was like pending. They knew. They sent me to New York, and we're like Warner Brothers. They were incredibly gracious about it, but. Um, yeah, there was all this real life stuff and I was having, I couldn't like, for all my education, I mean, I'm a Brown University graduate. We want to hear about and, that, yeah. You know, I consider myself to be highly educated, mm -hmm. cause from a cosmopolitan city like New York City. Mm -hmm. I, I really had no idea how to balance, how to deal with Hollywood at all. I had no clue. I had not encountered people, people like who are in Hollywood or who were in in the early 90s are not um normal <laughs> there was nothing to compare them to from my life okay so let's talk about that so you grew up in new york city yeah the daughter of a feminist upper west side you know your father a creative in the business yeah music he's a, a jingle composer former conductor of man of la mancha and a musical arranger and and what were his jingles Put a tic-tac in your mouth and get a bang what? out of life. Well, now I know how you went to Brown. Hello. Really? No, no, yeah, well, I mean. Well, I, I mean, financially, not in the, getting in. We weren't super rich. I was always checking in, but I went to super rich school. I went to Dalton, so, which at My the time. My ex went to Dalton. But let's I, talk about what private school in L.A. costs right now or New York. Yeah. 30, 40,000? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah. that's for one kid to go to private school. 
Not like we're turning that into some sort of weird country club, exist, elitist, weird shit. But honestly, can I say that? No. Yes, yes, you can. It's my show. Of course you can, I can say it. shit. Okay. <laughs> and so, so somebody has admonished me on LinkedIn today for using fuck on LinkedIn and said, save that for your Facebook. And I got so, it was the first thing I saw when I woke up and I got so upset. And so the first thing I did was just delete it. And then I thought, no, I should have just written underneath ma. But, <laughs> but, but then I thought, I'm not going to change yeah, my, you know, the, anyway, so go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted your story. So <laughs> No, I don't really, I mean, I'm rambling. Um, no, 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 you're not rambling. You're making sense. So you weren't prepared for these Hollywood, pe- so private schools. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared. I mean, I think that ultimately what happens to you in Hollywood is like, you're either your like humanity comes out or, you know, your, your ambition you- comes out. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it was definitely my humanity. I mean, I, I don't feel like I even had a choice. Uh, but there were just too many dark roads to go down, and I saw some girls going down them, and I was like, mm-mm. okay, but wait, I mean, Dal- not even a going question. to Dalton in New York. Uh, my ex went there. Um, that's a pretty. Those are people very moneyed, very oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like a a, a a precursor to Hollywood. That kind of well, the only thing I learned helped me, I guess, with people like celebrities. You know, when I was working with Michael Fox or. Well, she doesn't. She leaves out the J. She knows him so well. She doesn't need the J. Mike. (laughs) Well, he only added the Fox J because somebody else was named Michael Fox and SAG. So, it is really. I can't remember. Anyway, what's the point? Uh, He, you know, working with with him and Billy Crystal, watching like real celebrities have to deal with having like an art. I mean, he needed a, a bodyguard kind of thing. Um. Yeah, he was at the height of his fame during. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. So it was. Um very and then realizing that there's this like you know guy who's got basic social anxiety disorder behind all of that so what was so what was that like it was like um just actually getting to know a real human being and, and, and it, you know and a fla- who's flawed and wonderful and you know when he was turned his when he put his job hat on he was a genius yeah yeah, and he was really helpful to me, and he taught me how, he taught me a lot of things, taught me, it's actually Michael Chapman, the direct, the cinematographer who was the cinematographer for Raging Bull. Mm. He taught, him and his camera crew taught me how to take a close-up. Okay, so wait, so now you're, you're a young girl in New York, you go into Dalton, when do you s- decide you want to be an actress? How does that I happen? I decided doing, in fifth grade, doing Pandora's Box. Do you remember your line? No, I okay. just remember being Pandora. Uh, okay, so she was starring role in the first thing she yeah, did. Yeah, uh, it was like a combination of that and Tatum O'Neill winning an Oscar for Paper Moon, who was uh, like exactly my age. That. Yeah, I interviewed Peter Bogdanovich. He's astounding. Um, I so, can only imagine. So, okay, so now, so fifth grade, you decide you want to do it. When do you start? How do you, how do you, how do you, do you take acting classes? What do you do? Weird stuff happened to me. I don't know if you know these stories, but weird stuff happened to me at Dalton in that... Uh, a casting director came by our school in our cafeteria looking for fresh talent to audition for Louis Malle's Pretty Baby, which Brooke Shields was, it was her first role with Susan Sarandon as her mother. And yeah. they were prostitutes in a brothel. And we were so, we, so I screen tested for that part. Wow. And when my mom find out, found out that uh, the casting director had come to the school and <laughs> sort of coaxed us, she called the casting director with her hair on fire and screamed at her, yeah. Like, because it was, a, because the pretty baby did nudity. Is that she why? She just was like, don't, how dare you, like, come to my, like, taunt, dangle this carrot that 
already wants in front of her. Oh. Ah. So she was protective. Yes. yes. And so what did your mother want you to be when you grew up? I think anything but an actress. <laughs> and how about your father who was in the business? He huh? understood, absolutely. Mm. Um, he just wanted me be, to be happy. Okay. He thought it was, he was of a generation, he was born in 1929. He was of a generation that like getting a pretty girl was like a uh, blessing enough that she was smart to. How the <laughs> gods have blessed me. I mean, whatever, you know. I mean, he didn't really, we didn't, um, he was just a sweet, loving, kind, very, very talented man who... Joe's making a living by by writing jingles to support his family, give them the life. Worked that we out had. pretty well. Tick tac. I mean, no, no, I'm so grateful one. to him. The big fig Newton. What, what was that one? That was what's his name? Charles Riley was his name. Charles Nelson Riley. Charles Nelson Riley singing in a in a fig Newton suit. Yeah, <laughs> singing ooey gooey, rich ooey, and chewy ooey. inside, ooey. golden flaky, tender cakey outside, <laughs> wrap the inside and the outside. He wrote the music, not I the words. I love it. I, I love uh, it, and I loved Fig Newtons. Yeah, so me too. there you go. <laughs> I'm so, getting my fan out. Okay, all right, get your fan out. So why it's am hot. I so much yeah. hotter than you. No, no, no. no it's, it's hot it's in here because warm. we it's closed when we're when we're when we're well, in, when we're in session. I'm hotter, so okay, well you are, baby, you are hot. Okay, so. All right, so you want to be an actress. Your mother's not loving it. Your your uh, casting director what came. You screen tested. So how do you get your first gig? How does it happen? What What's happens? Well, you go to Brown. Are you acting while you're in, oh, in yeah, college? No, I've, I've been acting. Uh, I've been acting since <laughs> closer to Mike. There's yeah. a, they have like a sign <laughs> yeah. that looks like a sixth grader, like a second grader made it. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I uh, what was the question? The question was when did you start? professionally acting How oh professionally yeah. acting um well no but or at all How, what were you doing i you? started wanting to be an actress after fifth grade for uh -huh. real and i i acted all the way through middle school high school i went to brown with uh, i was a theater major um i did nothing but plays um in the summertime i studied at circle and square i studied at uh julia juilliard had a summer theater program at chautauqua every mm. summer it was like you work half the summer you work on your craft half this summer it was like there was discipline going on there. okay so now when you when you first started with the dream did you because i know i was a drama major i wanted to do theater that was i didn't film that and my daughter's at nyu at tish now and she only wants to do theater she doesn't but like the kardashians like that kind of <laughs> no no yeah. i wish no, she'd make like money if she was a kardashian <laughs> oh, i don't want her to be like There's a kardashian the i do not evening. i do not want her to be like the kardashians but she wants to be bet midler and hello dolly she played dolly she wants she that's what she wants so for you did, was it always film did you did you want to do tv and film or you were doing theater work what, what did you, you know want? what i f i felt like um i was in college and i played the daughter a lot like I played Juliet to Laura Linney's cat Lady Capulet. She played my mom. She wow. Only, she's only a year ahead of me in school. So it was height. It was height. Ah. She's like 5'8", and I'm 5'1", and it was sort of like... There you go. That's what she's happens in theater. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You know, she's the, the mom. She, yeah, yeah, she played my mom in like two things, and we're only wow. a year apart. So This is in high school? Uh -huh. And I was in college. In this college, is at Brown. Brown. Yeah, wow. I had really, really amazing classmates in my class. I had Peter Jacobson. Wow. Um, uh, Laura was a year ahead of me. Um, trying to think who else from Brown. Uh, Tim Tim Blake Nelson. Um, he was a little older than me, but he's super cool and done has done amazing he's, things. Yeah, 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 I mean, I had this, you know, anyway. Um, you, you.
me. So yeah, I did a bunch of plays in school. I got I got a lot of, including Paula Vogel's first play, Desdemona, which uh, you know she wrote Indecent, which got just got you know. But my I mother thought, just saw it, said it was fantastic. Yes, yeah. and that is actually based on my family. Wait, what? Okay, so Sholem Ash, who wrote God of Carnage, okay, which Indecent is based on. Okay, it's not based on a Yiddish play. My great great uncle was Sholem Ash. So wow. his sister was my grandmother's grandmother. Okay. So, yes. So, so my, I got an interview for the Jewish Journal with, for my son to do because he wants to be a journalist. And so things oh, just keep I rolling see. on. So, oh. yes. Yeah, so anyway, I played. I was in her play. I did a bunch of plays. Uh, two minutes. Okay. So I came to L.A. Um, I did a bunch of commercials. I was, you know, like in a Pizza Hut commercial, an Outbo commercial. I did whatever. I got discovered for Doc Hollywood by a casting director's assistant named Owens Hill, who's George Roy Hill's daughter, who was what? looking through her, like, list of submissions of actors who, you know, like when you first moved here before uh -huh. email or you sent your picture resume, she picked it. She said, we haven't found this girl yet. The director wants an unknown. And that was it. I, uh, she, I, they brought me in. I read for the casting director. Then I read for the director. Then I read with Michael. Then I did a screen test. And then I got the part. And wow. then you're a leading lady in Hollywood. Yeah, for the first time in, in, for, in my first movie ever. And, and you're how old? Oh, my God. And you're how old? 24. Oh, my God. And before you were on 21 Jump Street, I saw I it. Did 20, I did an episodic work. 21 mm -hmm. Jump Street, The Outsiders, um the carol burnett's kind of one of her comeback things that was we it was actually great i got to play like a soap opera actress as her nemesis that was oh, great oh. she was and fantastic. you were also on a soap opera you were on the guiding light first too i was wait, man that uh, yes i was <laughs> my father had a friend who was like a soap and um soap and and, and commercial um agent and she got me an, an audition for the guiding light all right, we're, we're gonna we, we're gonna hear more about this, but I think uh, we're, but we're, we're, we're gonna hear a, we're gonna hear a juicy story, and and then we're gonna talk about like what you think uh, set you apart, other than somebody getting other than getting lucky by somebody finding your picture. So we'll be right back with Julie Warner. Okay. <laughs> going to talk about the untold story that's now been told. I have with me today the director, writer, producer of the Inside LA Metal movie documentary, Bob Bandian. No one really talked know, about sure, yeah. the era, you know, the Van Halen era from the late 70s, because that was such a huge scene. Before MTV hit, before the Motley's Rats yeah. and all that, there was a huge, the huge and the rats scene hit. in LA. Isn't this great? Champagne on the set. Love it. LA Metal Scene Explodes, I think, had nearly 70 interviews. Check out the trailer for The Scene Explodes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when Metallica started out in LA, they really weren't that great. Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, uh, Anthrax, uh, Frank Bellow. You know, so we got the big four in there. Three out of the four, big four were in LA, and then we have like suicidal tendencies, bands like Cryptic Slaughter. 
people were slam dancing and stage diving, so they got banned, so they ended up playing shows in, in places like Watts. Things switched up here a little bit, right? Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Well, you know, we wanted to do, uh, a lot of people don't like to be called LA bands because it was so, uh, like I said, overshadowed by the glam scene, so a lot of these bands were embarrassed about Side Metal, San Francisco, Bay Area. Trader. Uh, Northern Bay, yeah. Well, you know, we, you did the LA, and of <laughs> course, this, all the Bay Area people. Baby Cry. Yeah. yeah, Baby Chris. So, you know, you gotta, you know. You gotta. It's a story that needed to be told. Wait, what's so wait what your teeth are very white my teeth are very white yeah. thank you oh in the pic yeah big well they were that. they were they were given a little help um <laughs> well it's it's white somebody uh harvey helms my fabulous friend harvey helms who's a cosmetician he has his own line he does uh, press white he, strips you no know, he asked me what the secret what my beauty secret my beauty secret but i have one beauty secret crest white strips i because before i was a smoker I smoke cigarettes, I smoke pot, I did all kinds, I drank a ton of coffee, my teeth, who knows what color my teeth were before Chris Rice, thanks, you know, and I did all those expensive bleaching they things. They burn you around the... No, they're okay. fantastic. All right, so let's get back to you. Okay, so, so, all right, so you're, you're a leading lady in your 20s. Yes. Um, from Doc Hollywood, come, then next comes Mr. Saturday Night, which is crazy, Julie, because I, I was saying before you got out here that... I, the first time Billy ever did Buddy Young Jr. was on Saturday Night Live on a sketch that I, I was know. in with him. It, it, oh, I didn't know that. With I was Yes, oh I was God. in that sketch with him, and he upgraded me. I was an extra. He upgraded me, gave me this whole bit so I could get my SAG card, and he gave me this whole bit of business. We talked all day, and then they cut it, those mother. Were you Elaine? Um, no, I was not Elaine. No, no, no. It was He was doing his act. It was the oh, first okay. time he did Buddy Young, and he was in this New Jersey nightclub, and, right, um, I, and I was a woman that. in the audience. Okay. Anyway. So, okay, so now you get you get Mr. Saturday Night, so you're rolling now. So, yeah, except that here's the thing. Like, there's so much behind, there's so much going on. Behind What's going on? So, I am, um, I get that part uh, in the week that Doc Hollywood's been open for two weeks. Wow. And it's like number one, I guess. And, you know, it's a, it's a summer romantic comedy in the early 90s. And Whatever. it was fantastic. And it was a good movie for yes. sure, but it you know it it just um it was just like okay and uh, ironically Kira Sedgwick act I had auditioned for that movie but for the part Helen Hunt ended up playing and Kira Sedgwick play was gonna play my part uh huh and she got and didn't want to be near all the fumes for the old age makeup so uh -huh. she dropped out so that part became available again and he's like let's bring Julie back for the other part. Oh, and look, her movie's never <laughs> Nice! Right, so let's make that happen. So, but it ended up being like, I mean, Billy's just sweetly say everything worked out the way it was supposed to, you know, when all that. Yeah. But he, and he was a doll about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I basically, like, went from waiting a movie to come out, then worked for, like, six straight months on this very intense project. And then um, it opened and didn't do well. 
Which is shocking to me. Um, I know. Beyond belief. It's shocking to you and Robert Redford. Robert Redford, I had a meeting with him once about, I think it was quiz show. We spent the entire time telling, he spent the entire time praising Mr. Saturday Night, which I did tell Billy. And wow. I just said, he can't stop talking about that movie. He loves that movie. Well, but I, you know, I think it was premature for Billy because his bigger success came a little bit later and had Mr. Saturday Night followed his bigger success, I think the movie would have had a different, a different I path. I think there were, there were several like insurmountable issues there. And, um, I think I, I don't mean to touch on the such subject, <laughs> But I was asked an awful lot in the press junket what it was like to be in such a Jewish movie. Wow. See, now that that had not even dawned on me that that was an issue. And I'm I'm actually writing a Jewish movie right now. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Well, the times have changed. Times have changed. But that's really scary to hear that. Wow, that's kind of crazy. But yeah, it was scary to live it. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So then, after that, you you do a lot of you do a lot of you do a lot of television. You do Tommy Boy. Also, you do other movies, That's but you movie. do Indian Summer, a fantastic movie. And Mike Binder, I love Mike. Yeah, that How was, was like his second movie he done, the one about the bridge, uh, the boys on the bridge. I can't remember the name of it. Well, okay, crossing the bridge, over okay. the bridge, something like that. Okay, Had a great cast: Josh Charles and. One of the Arkin, Tony Arkin. Well, Alan Arkin was in uh, Indian Summer. Yes. Yes. Yes, which is how I met Tony, actually, and Josh, Mm -hmm. who were younger than me, but yummy. They were Mm -hmm. yummy boys. (laughs) But they ended up dating. Well, anyway, whatever. I didn't date them. Uh, But uh, I stayed in touch with, with, you know, uh, I got to to know the Arkin family. Alan was a big fan of mine, which was, like, so incredibly touching and honorable. He told my parents, he was like, I don't know if it was a Jewish thing, I don't know. <laughs> but it was just like, your daughter is a very, very good actress. She's a very fine actress. Coming like, from like, really, Alan yeah, I know, Arkin, I know, I know. hello. I know, I know. Yeah, so yeah. I had that to dine out on. For, I told Kevin Pollack. Right, and Kevin Pollack was on the film. That was an incredible, that was a great film. Indeed, it was summer. a great cast. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth yeah. Perkins, Diane Lane, Bill Paxton. Oh. Uh, yeah, that happens. Your friends start dying. Oh. I mean, you know, it's just like a weird time of life. Okay, so let's talk. In the break, we were talking about the fact that I was saying you're living Emmy and my dream, and she, what, and Julie said, "What do you mean? Because uh, you know, I, I, as an are you at? Yes, because I'm an actor." And 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 tell me, repeat what your answer to that was. Uh, do you remember you said? Um, I think that as a young person, you know, when life events happen to you, when big event life events happen to you, that you know, like as you get older, I mean, you recently lost a step parent. I lost two. To a father-in-law and a stepfather in yeah, I mean, one it, month. Yeah, I mean, it hobbles you at the knees. And, you know, when you lose your grandparents, for the most of us, mm-hmm. it's sort of like in your 20s and whatever. I mean, my son is losing his. And sort of like he lost two grandfathers this year. It's just sort of like the natural way of things. Mm-hmm. And his friends are going through it. And, yeah. So you're kind of like on deck. Yeah. <laughs> and and you feel that and you know that and you look at your mom and say okay because your dad just, you look at it's just the way you look at life so when you're younger i think it's easier to like put aside on your career when you get older it makes you a more complex better person which makes you a better artist as mm-hmm. you know but it also hobbles you 
Okay, so this is what Julie said in the break in 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 one sentence. I'm, I'm <laughs> well, summing it up. That. No, no, it was that was the idea. But what you said was that you were successful in your career earlier in life, and now you feel you're more successful in life. Well, yeah, but but I wouldn't say that that shows up in any sort of like obvious way. I would just say that as a person, I'm more accepting of myself, <sighs> and you know, like I just. Um, and I know who the toxic people are, are in my life. And I know how to recognize a toxic person before they take me down a bad road for five years. Fantastic. <laughs> yes, these are important lessons did that I thought I knew. And I don't. I just made a list. I was sharing this um, over the weekend. I just made a list oh, of yeah. safe people for me to call and safe people, safe women for me to go on play dates with. Wow. And by safe, I mean people that won't take me down because women and men, it's not just men that can take me down. Women can do it too. And there are some people that are just toxic and that are not good to be with, right? And then there are other well, people. Most of mine, fortunately, have been like, you know, e one of us has exiled the other to the land of banishment. <laughs> so there is no like, should I hang out with this semi-toxic person? <laughs> it's either like, you're in or you're out. We're very Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, <laughs> no gray area there. No. Okay. All right. So, so we, we we do a takeaway after you leave, but I'm wondering if you have anything to offer on this. Do you? What do you think is the reason that, beside the fact that, I mean, I believe in luck. What do they say? Luck is opportunity meeting. Uh, I don't even know what that expression is, but why do you think it worked? you that you were able to follow that path that you got those leading roles thing was a clicking for me in every you know box i had youth beauty uh love i had health 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 mm -hmm. health <laughs> uh nothing you know hurt all the time kind mm -hmm. of thing i mean you know and i had um i guess that I had passion for what I was doing. It mm -hmm. didn't so, it was weird. I, I didn't think about the results so often. My mm -hmm. um, late amazing acting teacher, Roy London, who died when I was 28, but he was there for, you know, he was the one who t sort of synthesized decades of different kinds of training and changed my acting career and gave me the beginning of my acting career. So, I mean, my acting career there's just no question he basically stood in front of me he just said like stop moving your arms <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, like i like i had a lot of habits from uh -huh. from college acting and i'm not saying that i didn't have beautiful wonderful teachers who taught me a lot but i had a certain way and his way was acting for film mm -hmm. and so if you had i produced a documentary it's called special thanks to roy london because that's what was at the end of gary shanling's show at the end. Peter Tolan's going to be here in two weeks. I'm, yeah, Ask him about Roy. I, I, I will. He died when he was 50. Oh, my God. Which I thought was super old at 28. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you had to, if you, if you could draw your, if you could draw your road moving from here, what would it be? What will, what will be to come? Yeah, what would you like I to think come? I'll, I think I'll lose a lot of weight. <laughs> I'm going to go on that diet with you. Yeah. <laughs> You, Shut um, up! Don't start. Go ahead. What? Forget about the weight. What? 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 What in your career? What? 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 What would you like to see happen? I know. I know. That was very Oprah. <laughs> what, 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 what's your? Um, what's your? I see, I see. I used to be cast as myself, as ah. Brenda Blethlin. You know what I mean? Like I looked like I looked just 
freaking cast me, I can act. Like, just stop with all this. You know, I, I, I think that there's this expectation that women who are 52, like me, are going to somehow maintain their 25-year-old self, and some have. Some have. With like, a lot of help. A lot of help. With a lot of help. I, I've run into a lot of them recently, and they, they're very good. They keep it tight. Okay. okay, I'm just saying. I'm giving them props. Okay. okay. Keep it tight. And I have been through so much personally with my father dying of dementia and my mother. You know, there's just been a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. She had an accident. Yeah, you know, there was just a lot of stuff. And so you're you. So I'm ready to find out what the next chapter is. And I don't know. I have to find my passion for acting because getting brutalized by the audition situation it gets harder as you get older mm. I mean, imagine having to go in like as any in any other profession and prove that you can do that it's it's insane so you're a doctor for the point with 30 <laughs> years of experience prove it right now before it, you walk into the hospital let's see you do something and you got 30 seconds <laughs> yeah 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 well you don't have to prove anything here because <laughs> uh, i adore you and thank you so much thank for doing you. this julie i love you. you i love you um too. let's say thank you to uh julie warner And we'll be right back. Welcome back to the road taken. Um, so, Emmy, Julie, pretty wonderful, huh? Yeah, 
I kind of love her. Yeah. So, so what do you think? Do you, did you get a takeaway from Julie? Yeah, I did. I had a couple. Um, I like that she. Uh, oh, hello. Oh, busted. <laughs> but totally busted. Um, professional operation. Um, uh, my stuff's only the slickest of the slick. Of course. Um, uh, somebody in Facebook land had to say the EQ is up on the mics, and and so if I, I'm, it's me. I I'm just loud and too much. I have to I have to pull away. That's what he said. Okay, yeah, go ahead. That I'm, I'm sorry. I love Mwah! it. I love it. I'm I'm trying to. Uh, Okay, so tell me what you so think. So I think that, um, number one, I thought it was really interesting how she, what I heard was that as she grew older, she gets more texture mm -hmm. in her life. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Mm -hmm. So it sounded like acting was her main goal, you know, and that was what she was focused on as a younger woman. Mm -hmm. And then as things started to happen, her life became more well-rounded. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that makes sense, you know, because life happens. And I think that what she was saying is it informs her work. And absolutely. And that was important. Um, does that make sense? It does make sense. I think I, I, I think that I, I love when she said that she was successful at her craft as a, at a younger age. Mm -hmm. And then she became successful at life as as she start as she continued to live. Now the frustration is that getting her passion back. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that she was talking about um, that that well I, actually I, I just lost what I was gonna I just lost my train of thought but the fact that she feels like she had back and that now she's got to go through the audition thing oh yeah but she brings so much more to the table now and that she's eliminating like toxic people from her life toxic situations and she's putting more quality in her life yes and I think when we choose to do that and getting added oh she also was that's what i was going to say she's not about the results now now it's about doing the work and the process i really liked that right because i know for me as a writer particularly people read my work will say you know if or if i say i'm stuck because i'm afraid it's not going to be any good ah. then you know i can't write right i can't do it mm -hmm. and so i that clicked for me too as did and i don't want to forget this yeah um when she was talking about women who are expected to stay yeah. at 28 and men aren't hold, held to that standard right that They're was just the, not and that was the other thing that i loved is that now she's ready to embrace who she is and be that person yeah. and play that role and not try to be that 25 year old anymore but be in acceptance that she's you know we are who we are now and that's a pretty great thing we bring a lot to the table she brings a lot to the table yes. she's got that 30 years of acting experience which, which is incredible yeah. she's she's got the well-lived life the full life the experience she's also incredibly intelligent brown graduate yeah. you know went to school with laura linney love that stuff doing college plays with laura linney that's, that's craziness insane. but but she's craziness i mean she, you know, she starred in major motion pictures. So I don't think that's luck. I don't think, I think everything happens for a reason. The fact that her picture got pulled out by that assistant, she had to have the goods to follow it up. So she and did. And she did. Otherwise, right? she would have been picked for one thing. And, and never. never right. Yeah. Or, but she wouldn't have gotten the role. I mean, just because her picture came out of the pack for Doc Hollywood, she had to do the auditioning. Right. She had to follow it up. She had the training. She did the years of theater. She did the loads of commercials and all of those things to get her ready. So I think preparedness, acceptance of self, yeah. um, staying out of the outcome and, uh, and in the work, to me, that's Julie. That's Julie Warner. And um, 
I suspect that the best is yet to come for her because I love her embracing who she is. And that's where I think her brilliance is shine is getting and, and it's just about Hollywood getting hip to the fact that let us pull well uh, I'm like a working actor out there let you could be <laughs> well I mean that's the thing is you're doing this and you are you are who you are just like you said when someone tried to say don't say fuck you know it's like you're like no that's me and do you know what movie I got to be in at this stage I got to be in the M word, which is about menopause. I was in Henry Jaglum's The M Word. Those are the roles that I get. And I'm grateful for it. That's um, awesome. I'm very grateful for it, actually. With our with our guest from a couple of weeks ago, Rochelle Bagley was also in the M Word. I mean, yes. look at that, babe. So I I think I think the takeaway for me really is I'm gonna repeat it again because it's important to me to synthesize it acceptance of self trying not trying to be something i'm not not trying to be something else being this person um being in the process rather than in the results letting go of that as much as possible and bringing to the table all that i am it's not just the acting chop she's got it's the life well lived it's the fact that she was a, that she's a great mom that she was an incredible daughter that, um, you know, all of this stuff that she is a great friend, um, which I cherish her friendship. So, um, yeah, and thank you. And speaking of cherishing friendships, thank you so much for sitting in tonight, Emmy. Um, I, I adore you and uh, I love doing this with you and I miss you, Wheezy. And um, I'm so sorry for all the family stuff and my heart is with you and um, I look forward to having you back and all of you out there back uh, next Wednesday, every Wednesday live on Zina TV and then uh, this, the podcast will be everywhere, iTunes, SoundCloud, on the you can watch the broadcast. So uh, we'll see you next week on The Road Taken. Thanks. 